listening to www.infinitesmile.org. Enjoy these Zen-inspired talks given by Michael McAllister. It's been said that unless you can shut off your mind... you're addicted to it. In other words, unless it's actually a choice for you to kind of just hit the remote and for your mind to just stop, unless it's a choice, a conscious choice, it's an addiction. And awakening is freedom from all addiction. So this is why we sit, because sitting is the actively engaged practice of hitting the mind remote to pause or better yet stop and we do this because mind especially a habitual mind a continually chattering mind is precisely the movement that clouds or veils us from stillness always cracks me up uh, that we look at uh, undifferentiated schizophrenia paranoid schizophrenia and so forth as these people are they hearing voices yes they're hearing voice oh then it must be schizophrenia it's like well wait a minute okay but don't all of us pretty much hear voices most of the day you know um, most of us don't let that inner dialogue out <laughs> in our day to day. Maybe you do, and you know that's okay too. But the uh, that may be a, a you know delineation right there. But uh, it just it it makes me smile. We have this just going on all the time until we begin to recognize it and then when we recognize it and we can consciously choose as to whether or not we will let it uh, speak or that we will have a relationship with these words that will kind of govern us when when we can actually separate from that and watch the entire charade as it happens then we've entered into a whole new broadening of our awareness, a whole new expanse of our consciousness. And this expanse looks like choice, a divine choice. There is a knowing of stillness that we carry into the chatter that tends to transform it in ways that uh, are relatively simple to describe. What happens as stillness begins to inform the busy, as quietude begins to uh, inform the noise consciously, what happens is the noise changes. It's almost as if 
have you ever have you ever noticed when you're uh, especially now that it's it's heating up, you've got the AC that kind of tends to drone on in the background. Have you ever noticed when it stops, how it's like, oh wow, it's like an it's like an expanse. There's the, there's this uh, broad sense of of quietude. That is exactly the same thing that goes on within our hearts and minds when stillness begins to inform movement, when quietude begins to inform the noise. Sitting practice brings this on. A stillness practice is what actually allows us to meet stillness. We will never, ever meet stillness if we are busy, if we are continually moving, if the chatter is continually going on, it just, I mean, you can look at this logically and you also can kind of look at it. Uh, we don't, uh, as the saying goes, uh, understand sanity by studying the insane. We don't, in other words, look to that voice that kind of keeps chirping in our minds in order to find awakening. What do we really do? We actually begin to study our relationship to that voice. So homework for the rest of your lives. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> study that voice study the relationship you have to that voice and you can do this by studying the feelings you have in relationship to its noise how do you feel how do you feel begin checking in to the body how does it feel and you can just ask this question how does it feel the answer may have no words to it but there is a recognition and that recognition is automatically coming from an awakened spacious presence of awareness how does it feel to be on your own like a rolling stone how does it, it's an old joke I've used it before but it's so apropos it is so apropos how does it feel not what do you think about it not what do you get not what do you understand but how does it feel and then from that place we begin to start to sensitize ourselves to the if you will fan or the drone of our minds we begin to hear it when it clicks off and then we begin to have this ability to shut it off not only when we sit but also when we go through our day to day so I want to try something here tonight this is a bit of a risk uh, uh, but I want to group you and actually let you have a discussion about practice about this work all right 
we tend to find, as I've talked about before, some of you may, this just quick review, we tend to go through uh, stages. I've sometimes called them, you know, they're stage of three. There's actually four. I'm going to go into this more later, uh, I'm thinking. But we begin usually in uh, uh, stillness practice with a recognition. We recognize, you know what, there's something in this Buddhism stuff or there's something in this Sufism or this Christianity. or something. We begin seeking and we begin to recognize what resonates within our hearts and minds as true. And then as we get deeper and deeper and deeper into the practice, we might even have a few glimpses of something huge. You know, it's like, oh man, yeah, 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 this is good, this is good, this is good. We then hit a point where we recognize what's required. So it goes from recognition into the, this understanding that, well, I have to give up even more. And the almost automatic response to that is resistance. Nope, not going there. Now, part of this is really healthy. Healthy skepticism is so important in this work. It's so important. <coughs> Always question. Question me or whatever teacher you are sitting in front of. Always do that. Question yourself. Question everything about what's going on. Okay? Question the resistance that you may be feeling. Well, where's this coming from? How does it feel? From resistance, usually once we get over that hump, and sometimes that's a real, it's a desert, spiritual desert. That can be sometimes very long time, sometimes it's you know, short, but the resistance will normally be there. And after resistance, um, we get into then resolve. And resolve is this rather extensive, continuous, profound, repetitive relaxation into what is. It's undefended. It's open. It's continuous. It, it's the witnessing of our experience rather than the being caught by our experience. We go from a circumstantial orientation to life into an ultimate life, okay? And then the last stage is what we can call reintegration. And I say reintegration because that openness has never left any of us. It has always been here. We just have to reintegrate it into our life as we walk through the world. Perhaps the most important step is coming back, coming back down the mountain into the world because that's actually what's going to save us and all beings coming back into the world with an open heart open mind so i've kind of thrown a lot at you i want this to kind of be a little bit of free form but i'm going to go like this i'm going to let you guys be a three i'm going to go partners and partners and what i'd like you to discuss is a what would you ask the enlightened one if you met her on the street okay that's something you can discuss you can also discuss what stage you feel like you're in you feel like you're in not you think you're in but where do you feel like you are 
and what are the what are the ups and downs in relationship to that okay and the third thing you can talk about is stuff that authentically confuses you okay put another way things that you authentically resist okay so basically all I'm asking you to do is with your partner state your truth state where you feel like you are and then turn that into some type of question If anybody would care to share out at all, that would be great. Any questions? Any comments? I have a question. Mm -hmm. So, in your in your discussing the sort of the four stages as you see it, mm -hmm. I was talking in our little triad and. I feel like when I'm on my own, you know, when I'm sitting here or when I'm, you know, doing any kind of practice outside of here or even in my sort of typical daily grind, when I'm in it on my own, I can stay very much in touch sort of with what you described as the third phase, being able to separate the release, the, the release and being able to stay in that space mm -hmm. but what's difficult for me is when everyone else is around mm -hmm. when everyone else's daily grind is running into mine and sort of they're not on that same path they're yeah. not trying to do what i'm trying to do so it's like it's like there's a lot of baggage or a lot of anchors you know holding me in that resistance place right but it's everyone else's resistance to living this kind of awareness mm -hmm. what so do you do so <laughs> what do you what do you do in that space what uh, do you do if you don't want to go sit on a mountaintop <laughs> you want to be in the world right you want to be in the world i certainly applaud that um it might help if you part of the Stage three, the release stage. We go with we go with recognition, resistance, and then and then uh, release or or uh, resolve. I sometimes call it. Part of that release or resolve is the uncovering of the fact that every single one of those people who aren't on the same plane are the Buddha, showing you what you're still clinging to. So every single person that gets in your way, nine bows to them because they've just shown you where you're still stuck. They've shown you exactly what you need to let go of in order to ever deepen the, the release so that that release becomes more and more and more and more and more expansive. Whole different relationship instead of god damn it that guy just cut in front of me i'm waiting for my latte and this jerk in this really tacky looking pinstripe suit cut in front of me instead of that happening the event is colored with divinity it's like oh man look what's coming up in me wow 
without him, he wouldn't have been able to do that. You're rather, you would not have been able to uncover it. Without your feeling resistance and then consciously transmuting that into release, where would we be? We would be these atomized little you know, people who refuse to come into the world. We just are concerned about our own awakening, not awakening that is totally impersonal. So that's the long answer. Um, all things, all things have the potential to lead us directly into the heart of awakening. All situations, all people, everything helps us get there if we become open to it. So instead of closing down, we open. They're not letting me do my, instead of that, it becomes they're supporting me in my work, which is to let go of even more stuff and even more. So just give that a shot. See what happens. Um, is it typical that you go in the <clears throat> stages from one to two, you might bounce back to one, two, move up to three, back to two. I mean, I, I keep finding the, um, a certain amount of feeling good about the progress I was making. And then actually we were both talking about having a phase now where yeah. You know, there's this edginess in your life. <laughs> and uh, and I, I said, well, I think maybe the mind, the ego mind, whatever, has sort of cottoned to what's going on and is now really setting up the fortress, fortress yeah. the ramparts to <laughs> bang that new thing down. Right. So do you, you know, the three steps not forward, linear. two back? It's not linear, Carla. As a matter of fact, uh, we kind of... For the rest of your life, we slop around. Okay, you know, and so there's a, but there, it, the the more we push, mm -hmm. effortlessly, but the more we expand, okay, we, con we the more we engage, what happens is there becomes a greater and greater stability, further out, if you will, in these concentric rings. Does that make sense? Yes. So instead of instead of our home being right. in contraction we've now gone into recognition you know recognition that's that's bigger if you will right than than the normal contraction egoic contraction and suddenly it's like whoa there's something more that recognition right there then let it become stable right i'm waiting for the time that the guy cuts in front of me and i don't I mean, I recognize it all the time now. Yeah. Oh, what's that guy doing? You know, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, but see, now... But I w I'm, I'm recognizing it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm waiting for the time where I don't even bother to get upset with them. Mm -hmm. That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Which stage is that? Is well, that three? The the Relaxation? Minute, right. The minute, the minute you truly become unattached to that experience, right. they keep reminding you. They keep trying to help you. They keep trying to help yeah, you, right, right, let it right, go. Right. And the more often you do it, mm -hmm. the more of a spiritual athlete you become, the more you can actually let go of. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have actually let go a few times and just really haven't noticed. Exactly. <laughs> you, you just don't know. 
but you, you see how it's it's yeah, the absolute no, opposite of i mean typically when we go to the gym it's how much we can lift right mm -hmm. and now it's how much we can let go of it's absolutely a revolution not only literally but a revolution metaphorically in every sense we're doing the opposite it's a total turnaround since you describe it in a sort of physical way do you as a result end up with just tons of energy you know i mean ask, there was a phase in which i uh, <laughs> she, uh, i felt like i didn't need as much sleep well you know you, just yeah yeah it goes it goes in uh uh, it's only I can only speak from my experience. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't feel comfortable like saying, well, here's what happened because I don't I don't right. really know. But uh, I would say yes to that boundless supply of energy, and the quality of wakefulness and the quality of sleep shift, and sometimes they shift back. That's always a surprise, but the practice is what allows us to kind of keep the. Uh, the ship of consciousness straight, you know, on, on, if you will, on, uh, on target, because any state that you might have is born in time. Therefore it will be temporary. It will arise mm -hmm. and it will die. What we're talking about is the stateless state that which we can, where we can witness whatever state we're in, right? If we can witness whatever state we're in, regardless of whatever state shows up, that awareness is there and that awareness doesn't move. It doesn't shift. So if we practice that, then no matter what happens, no matter what we gain or what we lose, no matter how many satories we have or how many crotchety moments, you know, how pissed we get, you know, it's how come I'm not enlightened or whatever it is, you know, no matter how many moments, the awakening is the ability to witness all of that continually. And actually witness our sleep witness our dreams witness our dreamlessness it's constant consciousness that's awakening get psyched yeah right. <laughs> i'm ready to rock and roll. ready to rock and roll right. <laughs> yeah more ahead i guess what i'm noticing is i just um I struggle with these words sometimes because um, there seems to be such a, I mean, I guess that's kind of a Western thing, you know, to say enlightenment is something other than what we have here. And, um, which it's not it. No, to me, it feels like, I mean, there's a struggle to stay present. Um, and I recognize that, and I'm very aware of that right now, and I can feel the shift, and I do feel resistances, but I also feel a softening into acceptance. And um, when you asked if I had a question for the Buddha or whatever, and the Christ or the enlightened yeah. one, it's like kind of my, I mean, I was blank. I didn't. Because right now here, I mean, I can't imagine, first of all, running in into that. But, um, you know, I'm so, like, I guess, focused on trying to move into that, 
that presence and, and recognizing that what's so incredible is how there's so much. Mm -hmm. Can I give you a hint? Are you interested? <laughs> okay. You interested? Stop moving and you'll be there. Don't move into anything. Mm. Stop moving. And what dissolves at the stopping of movement is the sense of separate. Mm -hmm. And when the sense of separate falls away, what's left? Total wholeness. One of the things that's coming up for me tonight, though, is, is that I can also get there in movement. The I will never get there. But I, I mean, well, I, not I or whatever, but that I, I recognize a part of me, whoever this, yeah. whatever, um, that dancing, I have come to the same place of stillness that sitting. It's exactly right. But we're talking about stillness that goes beyond name and form. So whether you are dancing or, you know, whatever you're doing, as long as there is total stillness, or in other words, a full participation in the activity. If there's full participation, full expression, there is stillness and the opportunity for opening is there. But that opening will only be an experience. What is beyond the experience? That's where the stillness begins to point us if we have the patience and the fearlessness to continue. And usually what we settle for is the, the jonesing we have to get that again. Right, right. Right. I want to feel that again. And it's not about feeling it again. It's not about moving into it. It's about staying still. Staying still. And that stillness will begin to just shake everything loose. And we have to stay, stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. And then sometimes we don't. And then we get the courage again. We do it some more and some more and some more. Sometimes we refer to it in, in, in the tradition as burning off karma. It's none other than Christ consciousness. It's none other than any wisdom tradition's highest teaching, which is that deep singularity that is always, always already there. It's never not been there. Right, right. Meeting it requires absolute stillness though and without stillness <laughs> we're toast i guess i would i i guess i still struggle with the words presence is what fine presence is what works but for me if if that works for your ego then use it <laughs> but you know what i mean yeah yeah the words i mean i can't talk about it no one can talk about it or rather, we can talk about it, but we can't talk it. Right. We can't give it words. It with a capital I, I-T, right? We cannot give spirit words without all this stuff. Without all this stuff. The baggage, right? But what we can is, we can do is we can experience it. We can feel it. How does it feel? We can actually get there. The minute there is stillness, the minute there is total stillness, we are none other than there. 
in this very moment. And then we begin to recognize that every person we meet is Christ. Every person we meet is the Buddha. There's no, no separation. Go team. Uh, what Morris said about sometimes she feels like that opening or awareness or awakening, something happens when she's dancing. Yeah. Um, and you said, you know, good, and it can be. There are a couple of different activities. I'm a pruner, and when I'm in my pruning heaven, I'm gone. I mean, you know, people talk to me, and I don't even Pruning samadhi, right. Pardon? Well, we just <laughs> pruning awakening. Pruning, yeah, yeah. Pruning, well, pruning but, uh, presence. <laughs> yeah, dancing presence, pruning right, presence, right. drawing presence, whatever. Yeah. And but then you went on to say that um, you needed to ha be more in be in stillness. I'm not sure. Again, yeah. Back to the words problem. But so, are you saying that while we're in an activity? You can have a still mind. Oh, okay. And the minute the mind is still, right. it's not mind. Right. Okay? So there can be great activity, physical activity, uh -huh. but a totally focused, right. present mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay? A totally focused, present mind right. is okay. still. Okay. And in Zen, we call that no mind. It's not abiding anywhere. It just is awareness itself. It has gone from brain to mind to, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So just having a conscious recognition of that, of participating fully in the pruning, fully in the dance, fully in the dishwashing, well, I draw the line there. Yeah, well, you, <laughs> you're allowed. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming tonight.